Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome once again to the Steel Town Sleepers. I am your host, Tony Squares, as always, joined by the Prince of Props himself, Mr. Chris Dell. Uh, I'm excited, my friend. I am excited to dive into fantasy football. We missed last week. I was sick. I am so sorry, but we are back this week to attack the fantasy football slate and talk about the Steelers-Browns game from a fantasy football perspective. We are brought to you uh, by the PG Sports Now, by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we are a part of the North Shore Drive podcast channel, Happy to be here. Happy to talk about fantasy football again, Chris Dell. I am pumped for it. It, it. I'm starting to lose track of the weeks, Tony. We entered the double-digit weeks last week. Now we yeah. got college football week 12, so I don't know if it's week 11, week 12. I just know we got about three weeks left at the start of the fantasy football playoffs, and there's a lot of things up in the air, a lot of things changing, a lot of roles changing, increasing, decreasing. And when it comes to the Steelers, they're right in the thick of it because we talked a couple weeks ago about who's a buy, who's a sell, what do we do with this Pittsburgh Steelers backfield? And I, yeah. I got to be the first one to admit, I've completely changed my mind on the value of this offense. I actually do believe in the running game now. I mean, yes, they have a tough matchup coming up this week in week 11 versus the Cleveland Browns, but we've seen what has happened over this last month, seemingly after they decided to put Broderick Jones, the rookie right uh, exactly. the rookie offensive lineman at right tackle as an official starter, replacing uh, Chuck's Okrafor. And it's been night and day, not just Jalen Warren technically getting the start. We're still looking at a 50-50 split backfield here. But Najee Harris has been ultra efficient, and they're both locked in top 20, at worst top 25 starters week yep. in and week in, week in and week out right now, no matter what the matchup is. So I definitely think that I'm now buying in, not into the Steelers' offense as a whole, but specifically into the rushing attack. My only worry with that is you cannot play my Green Bay Packers every week. This week's going to be a little bit different against the Cleveland Browns, a little bit tougher of an opponent to run the ball on. I'm I'm kind of worrisome about every Pittsburgh player this weekend because I think the Browns now with this injury to Deshaun Watson, he's no longer going to be their quarterback this year. They're handing the reins over to a rookie, Dorian. I don't even know his name, Dorian Thompson. Like It doesn't matter what his name is because – he stinks. This offense for Cleveland is going to stink. They're going to have to rely on the defense to get by and the run game, ball control offense, control the clock. And then on the other side, it's going to hurt Pittsburgh because they're going to want to do the same thing. Not a lot of possessions in this game. Not a great game flow for us fantasy players. I'm a little bit worried for anyone here, but the shining light for Pittsburgh is the return of the big guy. Pat Frymuth is supposed to be coming back to play this game, and they need him desperately in the middle of the field. George Pickens is throwing his helmet on the sideline. They need Frymuth back to sort of bring some just just stability here. So do you think Frymuth could potentially be a player, maybe a buy-low candidate uh, as the trade deadline's near in most of these leagues? Yeah, I think that absolutely for the rest of the season, Pat Frymuth has value. However, I think you got to look at – doing this a little more strategically than just buying right now. I think you got to wait. Uh, you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, Tony, when we were last on. And I, I think that you were right in the short term. I was right in the long term about Trey McBride being a future locked in starting tight end. And you mm -hmm. faded him against the Cleveland Browns a few weeks back. And we look at that Cleveland Browns game where he had about three catches for 20 yards, give or take. That's now sandwiched in between two 20 plus point games. Yeah. You could argue now that Trey McBride is a locked-in top-five tight end option for the rest of the season, especially after what he's done with Kyler Murray and the chemistry they showed in just one game in Week 10. The reason yeah. I bring that up is because who was his opponent that week? It was the Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns have been by far and away the best defense, specifically at shutting down opposing tight ends. Some of it is scheme-related. 
The other part of it is just that their defensive backs and pass rush is just so good. They're making it difficult for opposing offenses to really find other places to attack through the air, other than just those shallow soft pockets in the short areas of the field. So again, like I think that Pat Fryermuth will struggle here against the Browns, no matter how healthy he is, but wait until he has a down game this week, because I think the best chance you have for Fryermuth this week is that he gets two catches for 10 yards. One of them happens to be a touchdown. Other than that, I don't expect the volume and the yardage to be there. And will Pittsburgh actually even need to throw that much against a Dorian Thompson land, uh, Rob, Do- Dorian Thompson Robinson land. So you can't get his name offense. right either. Let's turn it around though, because I want to talk about Cleveland. You may have an Amari Cooper on your team. You may have picked oh. up one of the running backs in Cleveland. Now Deshaun Watson is out just when they were starting to maybe put things together on the offensive side. Do you think against this Steelers team in particular, there's any Browns player that you'd feel comfortable starting? Because I will say watching my Packers and as bad as I've not liked the Jordan Love experience so far, he looked like a professional quarterback against a bad Steelers pass defense. Yeah. They had a very lucky tip pick in the end zone great play by Patrick Peterson but Jordan Love was dropping dimes 30 40 yards down the field to open receivers that have not been open all season long so is there any promise for any Browns player this year this week yeah and ju- just last note on Friday the Browns uh give up minus 85 percent less points per week on average than opposing fantasy defense in the tight end so again wait till next week that's when you want to buy Pat Fryermuth. and with the Browns you know I don't know if you can sell the pass game right now because no one's going to buy, right? Yeah. And I don't even know if you can sell for pennies on a dollar. I don't even think people are giving up pennies for Brown's passing game weapons right now. What I yeah. will say is you have to look at what is the possible unknown here is that we only saw Dorian Thompson Robinson start one regular season game. Yes, he was very bad in that game. However, he did rank as one of the top quarterbacks in the preseason. I know that doesn't mean yep. everything. PFF no, he was good in the preseason. He, they rated him as one of the best uh, PFF passing grade quarterbacks during the preseason. We know he can run. And there's a reason why they decided to go with him over PJ Walker. It's not like they're throwing in the white towel here for the season. Like they think they can win with the run game. They think they can win with their defense. And, and actually I'm going to buy into the running game for mm. Cleveland because they're going to lean into that now more than they ever have. And they were already leaning into it at a high rate. I mean, we saw what Jerome Ford did last week his volume has just gone absolutely through the roof and yes it's frustrating to see Kareem Hunt sneak in there and get those you know nine carries for 25 yards and a touchdown every week but look at Jerome Ford over the last two weeks he has 37 carries and eight targets I mean that's 45 combined opportunities in his past two games he was still the RB20 just in standard scoring last week against a very tough Ravens defense so I would actually look to see The negative sentiment right now surrounding the Browns, I think you can buy Jerome Ford, even buy Kareem Hunt to a lesser extent in deeper leagues and have a viable running back you can throw into your lineup no matter what the matchup is because you know the touches are going to be there right now. Mm, interesting interesting i like these i like these targets i'm interested to see how this game works out both of these teams need to stay uh keep up with the pack so to speak in this tough tough division of theirs i'm interested to see how the game plays out and i have no idea what cleveland's offense is going to look like but it very well could be the jerome ford show but let's move on to the rest of the world let's dive into the steel town sleepers this is when we go through each position and we give you some names that we're either diving into or staying away from that aren't the patrick mahomes of the world because those are auto 
starts. We're giving you names that we think you should uh, maybe sneak a peek at. Maybe you have a bye week going on. Maybe you have a waiver claim that you still need to pick up. These are guys that can win you weeks based on what we're doing. We have a pretty good track record the past few weeks picking out some winners here. So let's start with the quarterback position, Dell. Who's your first QB we want to talk about? Well, I will say we've brought up CJ Stroud a lot this year, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the limb and say he doesn't qualify for the sleepers list anymore. Not anymore. I mean, you you given him out quite a bit this year, and I have as well. So very happy to we see him. We were first on that. I think it was week two. Elite. I'm pretty sure it was week two. We were here saying CJ Stroud's legit. We were we were early on that. Yeah, we said if you had another uh top six, seven quarterback, you could trade those guys away and keep CJ Stroud. I'm in a league where I made a terrible decision about a month ago to drop Dak Prescott literally the week before he went on his insane run that he's on right now. But at least I can sleep a little bit at night knowing that the guy I dropped him for was CJ Stroud. So Mm -hmm. we're going to leave Dak and CJ Stroud out of our sleeper conversation for the rest of the season. But I do like the quarterback that CJ Stroud is facing actually here in week 11, and that's Kyler Murray. And I was extremely – I was surprised, Tony. I don't know about you, but – a lot of people said, look, you know, first game off ACL surgery, he's probably not going to run very much. And if Kyler can't run very much, you know, is he going to be really impactful yeah. in fantasy football? And what I was most impressed about is how much he ran. And he ran like crazy. He was he was turning those wheels left and right, scrambling all over the football field. I think there was one play where he scrambled for a 14-yard gain. He essentially went left to right across the field. I think next-gen stats tracked him at like 79 yards run like a 13 14 yard game so maybe a little unnecessary but at least the fact he was able to do it yeah that to me is like green light forward for kyler murray six carries 33 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown the passing game variance will be there he had zero touchdowns but he did throw for 249 yards uh one interception so i think when you look overall for kyler murray moving forward the matchups actually aren't all that bad they do have some tough matchups in terms of games where yes they will be uh, heavy underdogs in the future, but this game against Houston here, Houston's playing is playing in shootouts left and right uh, yep. two weeks ago, as well as last week against against my Cincinnati Bungles. So I expect Kyler need to throw and throw a ton because CJ Stroud on the other side, he's going to put up points. He's going to lead his team to successful drives. Uh, Arizona's going to need to at least to try to keep up here. And now you have James Conner back fully healthy. To me, all systems go. For Kyler Murray, he's now locked into my top 10 on a week-in, week-out basis. I've got him as QB8 for Week Mm -hmm. 11. I think if we could uh, have a tracker of all the fantasy leagues in all the world, I think Kyler Murray is going to be the most traded player. Well, as we reach the trade deadline in most of these fantasy awesome. leagues, because some people draft him and held on to him all season for this very moment. Some people picked him up off of waivers. And I know every single person that has Kyler Murray on their team has another quarterback already. Yeah. And they're either looking to play Kyler the rest of the year, or maybe they are they're they're here, CJ Stroud one week, Kyler the next. And I yep. think if you need a quarterback, I think you can buy Kyler low right now. And if you already have a quarterback, you wait for this week to be over. As Dell said, he performs high and you sell him high for maybe a third running back or a flex wide receiver. I think he's going to be the most moved player in all of fantasy leagues. And I love it. I love to see him back. The great po- great point. I, I want to throw in one thing because you literally nailed it right on the head. I'm in two specific leagues right now where I have Kyler. One of them, I am trying to trade him away because I have CJ Stroud. And yep. the other one, I'm trying to trade for him because my best quarterback was Daniel Jones and Geno Smith. And Geno <laughs> Smith, I'm comfortable playing in certain specific type of matchups, but yeah, not, you want Kyler, yeah. not every single week. So I'm actually looking to buy Kyler. But if you want to buy Kyler, 
trade for him now because at least the game this past weekend, it wasn't like blow the doors off. 17, 18 fantasy points, respectable. If he goes off for 30 points this weekend in a shootout against the Texans, you missed your chance there to get value. And there were some throws that were this close to hitting Hollywood Brown in stride into the end zone. That pick was not Kyler's fault. The the tight end ran the wrong route. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Kyler's waiting to explode. The first quarterback I want to talk about, I've been kind of the bad cop over the past few weeks here, and I'm going to continue doing that because when I give you a sell, they've been right to sell those players. And I'm selling a guy that Chris Dell's already brought up. This is also a guy that you probably, if you have him as a quarterback on your team, you likely have two quarterbacks and have been going back and forth because no one really trusts this man to be QB1 even the fans of the team he plays for. And that's Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys, who exploded last week for a million points against one of the worst teams in the NFL I've ever seen, the current Tommy DeVito New York Giants. That team is throwing in the towel. And Carolina, Dallas' opponent this week, should be throwing in the towel as well. But Frank Reich and everyone on that coaching staff and really everyone on that team that doesn't have a contract next year is fighting for their lives on an owner that is ready to flip the switch and eliminate everybody from this team. I think the defense for Carolina really steps up, especially the passing defense. It's been actually the only bright spot of this entire Carolina team. And you can still run the ball all over the Panthers. And that's what I think they do. I think the Cowboys try to get Tony Paul at right. We saw McCarthy uh, in presses this week. He's saying he wants to involve Rico Dowdle more. I just think there's a lot of running in this Dallas game. And the reason I'm okay not playing Dak Prescott is because of the returns the Panthers have coming to this team. Brian Burns is supposed to play. He's one of the best pass rushers in all of the land. And also, they should be getting back. He's practicing right now. They should be getting back their best cornerback, J.C. Horn, who has been on the IR for a long time. Make it tougher for CeeDee Lamb to run across the middle and turn into a 70-yard touchdown like he does against every Giants game all the time cd's been hot Dak has been hot that passing offense jake ferguson's catching touchdowns every week i think it slows down a little bit so if you have Dak on your team and you sign between Dak and someone else i would be the one sitting Dak. that's my big sell my big shock uh, uh person of the week dell i know i'm going out on a limb uh <laughs> that's a big I mean, that's a big limb tony to go out on for this week man I'd start guys like Kyler over him. I'd start guys like, obviously, C.J. Stroud's closer in the rankings consensus, but I'd start guys like that over Dak. I don't think he's a top-10 quarterback this week. Dell, who's the second quarterback you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I'm going back. This guy I talked about multiple times. He was formerly the quarterback of Kyler Murray's team, and it's Joshua Dobbs, man. It's it's unbelievable what this guy's been able to do. And and he's the quarterback – they always hear me talking about and writing about is the guys that run every single week without question, right? It's built into their game. It's not like a Joe Burrow, a Geno Smith, where occasionally they'll get out and scramble for a first down. It's yep. guys who have design runs specifically built into their game. And you look at what Josh Dobbs has done with, with two different teams, mind you, over the last uh, five weeks of the season, has minimum of six rushing attempts every single uh, game, six, seven, and eight, increase, increasing now for three straight weeks what he did uh since once what he's done since he's joined the minnesota vikings has been nothing short of phenomenal in fantasy you're looking at a quarterback now that's been the qb seven five and three in three straight weeks he's only getting Mm. better he's coming off a career high 268 passing yards on top of that in a win against the saints in week 10 uh things are clicking and i and i think what you got to do is say that things were a little bit rockier when he was in arizona but now you put him with maybe one of the best play callers in the league in Kevin O'Connell, and we're looking at a fantastic scheme. The O-line is solid, 
And the pass catchers, yes, they don't have Jefferson now, but they still have TJ Hawkinson. Josh Jobs is throwing the tight ends at one of the highest clips in the league as well. So you're talking about a guy that runs this much. And looking at the matchup here, I'm not – the Denver Broncos, yes, they've been an improved defense over the last few weeks. It's nothing I'm going to run away from here. So yeah. because of that elite upside with this rushing, I've got Josh Dobbs in my top 10 as mm. QB9, whereas the consensus has him right in the middle of the pack at QB15. I think that's far too low, so I'm really in on Josh Dobbs here in Week 11. I'm going for a guy that's even lower, Dell. I'm going for a guy that, again, I like to play bad cop. I've been bad copping this dude all year long because he's the QB of my favorite team. It's Jordan Love of the Green Bay Packers because last week against that Steelers team, I really saw Jordan Love for the first time, and I said this could be a guy who could be the QB of the future. He was throwing dimes down the field to every single receiver there, and if Christian Watson had any uh, cojones whatsoever, he might have caught a touchdown pass in the end zone instead of letting Patrick Peterson beat him to the high point of the ball. But Jordan Love is making a lot of plays. And yes, he had two picks in that Pittsburgh game. Again, Patrick Peterson and the game, uh, uh, the play at the end of the game where they had eight people in the end zone. He's throwing a pretty much a Hail Mary there from 20 yards out that gets picked. I really like how this offense has looked now that everyone is healthy again. The offensive line is going really well. And what's a better defense to throw on than the Los Angeles Chargers right now? We saw what they did against Detroit. Detroit, markedly better than Green Bay at this moment, but still. I'm not trusting Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa to get pressure against Jordan Love. I'm not rest, uh, trusting any one of those linebackers or defensive backs that uh, the Chargers have in coverage, even the great Derwin James. I really think Green Bay is going to have to throw a lot to stay in this game. I think the Chargers and Herbert are going to put up a lot of points. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch in that atmosphere yeah. in Lambeau, and the Chargers desperately need a win. But I do think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. And I'm ready to take Jordan Love in this, especially a guy that has used his legs in the first few weeks and has sort of gotten away from that. I think those lanes open up and Eric Kendricks isn't going to keep up with Jordan Love in the open field. Luke Musgrave is going to be able to torch those guys. I'm just very confident in the fact that Jordan Love puts up another good week. And if you desperately, maybe you got a guy in a bye this week and you desperately need a quarterback to start on the waiver wire, I think Jordan Love finishes a lot higher than his consensus ranking is right now. Now, this may come back and hit me in the face because I am a Green Bay fan and maybe I'm looking with rose-colored glasses. But on this very show, I've been very uh, angry about this Green Bay team. I think I've been pretty honest with my uh, uh, <laughs> talking about them. I really like Jordan Love this week. Dell. Yeah. One more quarterback. Do we have a bust of the week? Is there a sleeper <laughs> yeah. of the week? Where are we going to this? What, what's the specialty in the QB position? I'll, I'm, I'll go bad cop. I'll go bad cop and one quarterback here, but I really like the call on Jordan Love. I mean, yes, he doesn't look pretty in a lot of the dropbacks that he has per game, but he gets there in fantasy more weeks than not. He's yeah. been QB 14 and QB 12 over the last two weeks. He's been QB 12 or better in two out of the last four games. He hasn't had a finish worse than, QB 18. I mean, it's not great, but he's not taking your roster in no. any of these games. He's only had one game with less than 10 fantasy points, and that was at the Las Vegas Raiders in week five. And we know a big reason for that is because teams like to run the ball more often than not against that Raiders rush defense. So I, I'm in that same league where I'm trying to trade for Kyler. I actually added Jordan Love on waivers, and I'm probably going to start him over Geno Smith because I like the matchup better and the Chargers defense has been allowing a lot of shootouts at the same time, I might start the Chargers defense because I think what Love's been very turnover prone. But yeah. I think both can work when we're talking about just racking up those garbage time type of fantasy points. I'm going to go to a quarterback that um, he's, he's like my weekly tradition on this show in terms of guys that, that I'm call, calling to be a bust that I hate for the week. And I'm going back to Tua Tugavailoa again, Tony. Wow. I, I got I to do it, man. You know, look. 
likely if you have Tua, you're starting him. I understand yeah. that. But there are shallower leagues out there where you probably have two good quarterbacks. You know, maybe you have Tua Tugavailoa and Jared Goff. Maybe you have Tua and Brock Purdy. I like Goff and Brock Purdy way more than I like Tua this week. Tua in Tua, two out of the last three weeks, Tua has been QB 15, QB 22. His best finish over the last three weeks was QB 9 back in week week eight against New England. And again, you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, it's not like they have this special type of secondary that's making any noise, but they are top eight overall in terms of defending uh, a fantasy opposing quarterbacks per game. Mm. A big reason for that is because they have a bottom three rush defense in the league. So the fact that the rookie Devon A. Chain is going to be back to this matchup, I think the Dolphins get things right on the ground. I'm just a little concerned with how much Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders on offense can actually push the Dolphins to need to throw the ball, which is exactly yeah. the same type of handicap I had with Tua being a bust against the Patriots. And it was more middle of the pack. But I think the upside, the ceiling is going to be very capped for Tua. Think of Tua as a sell because I just want to highlight going forward the rest of the season. We'll start talking about this a little more starting next week in terms of fantasy playoff schedules. But after yep. this week, Tua is at the Jets in week 12, plays against the Jets at home week 15, then week 16 and 17, the possible semifinals and finals against the Cowboys and at the Ravens. So very tough upcoming schedule for this Dolphins pass game. I'd try to sell him now rather than later. I will say I, I'm going to go against you on this because I would let Tua play this week. I think he has a huge week against the Raiders. I almost bought him as one of the players I was going to talk about because I just can't get over the fact that Marcus Peters, the cornerback for the Las Vegas Raiders, I might be able to beat in a 40-yard dash at this point <laughs> in both of our uh, careers, so to speak. And I just think the speed of Miami kills that really bad Raiders uh, defensive backfield. Uh, but that's just me. Let's move on to the running back position. Excited to see here. I got I got three names that I've never talked about on this show before, and I'm excited to see which ones I end up picking. But Dell, who's the first running back you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a couple of, like duo backfields, but the first guy I want to talk about is going back to that Arizona Houston game, and we're expecting a lot of points here uh, when you look overall. This is probably going to be one of the most popular high owned games in DFS. We're looking at a 49 point total which i believe That's is the insanity. highest on the week it's one That's more insanity chicago detroit has a 48 point total most of that's implied for detroit so yeah. in this game specifically we're looking at you know houston's a five point favorite so both teams are expected to put up a decent amount of points here yeah. and, and, I, and i'm in on it i i buy it and and i just how kyler murray looked healthy last week james connor looked yeah. just as healthy as well and, and there's no other running backs on this roster that the cardinals trust at all so for me, you look at James Conner. No, no one else is healthy, Dale. No, no one else, else is healthy. But even that. when they've been healthy, they you know, Amari yeah. B. Mercado, Keontae yeah. Ingram, I, I believe they just waved Tony Jones. Uh, it's just been a rotating door of disappointing performances, no matter what the matchup has been. And we saw Conner just, la uh, just in his one game back, 16 carries for 73 yards. He wasn't used in the passing game, but that's a, a role that he has excelled in in previous seasons. So I believe he can become more involved in the passing game here. And again, even a better matchup on paper. Atlanta has actually been one of the better run defenses in the league. He still was able to pull off 4.6 yards per carry in week 10. Now he's getting the Houston Texans defense. Well, they've been playing well and winning games. Don't get me wrong, but they're allowing a ton of production to opposing offenses here. So I, I really think we're looking at a potential top five ceiling if all things go right. And especially if he's able to get a couple goal line cracks at the end zone. Then you're looking at, you know, 7.3 standard points last week could easily become 20 
So I'm, I'm very in on James Conner this week. I also think he's a very good buy in fantasy going forward. I love that too. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. And the next guy I'm going to talk about is a running back that you love, a team that you secretly love. You've talked about them a lot. So I'm going with him first because I don't want you to steal him from me. Did you know that at this point in both standard and half PPR scoring, the fourth overall running back is Washington's own Brian Robinson Jr. He's been (laughs) phenomenal, Chris. And the fact that he gets so much of the workload, the fact that he gets all of these looks over and over again, Antonio Gibson is an afterthought. And also, Washington is putting up huge, huge numbers offensively because their defense stings. They have to keep up with the game. And Eric Bieniemy is is, – Sam Howell is just a a stick man back there getting broken in half every drop back, but he keeps dropping him back and he keeps throwing the ball. And against this Giants game specifically – I think Washington comes out. I think they win this game. I think Tommy DeVito is the worst quarterback we've seen in the past 10 years. And I'm very confident in Washington's ability to run the ball against this Giants offense. And also, the Giants blitz almost more than anybody with this Wink Martindale defense. And Sam Howell obviously has been prone to the blitz. He's been prone to getting sacked. And I think he's finally learning. We saw it last week. The dump-offs to Brian Robinson can lead to a 75-yard touchdown scamper. It's unbelievable yep. what Brian Robinson can do with uh, in space with the ball with this be enemy coach team. Brian Robinson, for some reason, his consensus is the 15th ranked quarterback, uh, 15th ranked running back right now. I think he hammers that ranking against this Giants team. I love him. I'm, I'm all aboard the Brian Robinson train. I think he finishes as a top 10 running back because he is the fourth highest scoring running back in the league right now. Dale, it's crazy, man. I don't know if you would have ever told me that out of the craziest things that could happen this season, that Brian Robinson would have a game where he has six catches for 119 receiving yards. That, that'd be the last thing I'd ever believe out of. Joshua Dobbs, Tony Pollard being terrible, all these other things. Yeah, I told you about Pollard. Well, on this very show, I told you about Pollard. But I will say, the craziest thing to me is Brian Robinson is the best B. Robinson running back in the NFL. That's the craziest thing to me. (laughs) Who's your second running back? Yeah, man. You know, I, I, uh, I also, I I just want to say, I I do really like Damian Pierce. Has not practiced yet this week. If he's ruled out again, then I really do like Devin Singletary Singletary, against that Cardinals defense. I'm not going to talk too much about him. I think that's more of a given and his ranking consensus ranking will rise once Pierce is ruled out. If he's ruled out, uh, I'm going to buy into what I talked about with Tua Tagovailoa and the Raiders. The reason I'm down on him is because Devon A-Chain's back. Uh, Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain, I believe are going to rush for over 200 yards in this game. Uh, I, it's going to be just what, ha- just what was going on for the Dolphins before A-Chain got hurt and went on IR And this might be one of the best matchups they've had all year. So you look at the last three games before A-Chain went out, 203 rushing yards on just insane, 101 yards on eight carries in week four, 151 yards on 11 carries in week five. And those are all against similar defenses, if not better defenses than he's going to get against the Raiders. We've always seen Mike McDaniel come out and say that uh, A-Chain actually could have been playing over the last four weeks with a knee brace, but because – they didn't yeah, want they to were, rush they, him they back. They regretted that they put him on IR. Yeah, so it's like this guy's got the juice. The matchup is, is there. Uh, you know, yes, he probably will only get between 8 to 12 carries, but he's shown that he could bust that out for 150-plus yards. I believe he will get a few targets as well. So it's just the ceiling is so high yeah. to where one play, this guy could be the RB1 on the week. So I don't think you question it. No matter who else you have on your roster, I think you have to get Devon A. Chain in there. He's currently RB11. I've got him inside the top 10, and and without hesitation, I'd play him over guys like Kenneth Walker, 
Javante Williams, Derrick Henry, Brees Hall. Give me a chain over all those guys. Yeah, I think I think that's a gimme. I'm going to go to the Monday night matchup, the Super Bowl rematch. This game is going to be a blast, and usually if you have players going Monday night, it makes or breaks your fantasy week. So I am telling you right now, this is one of my favorite players in the entire NFL. I am sitting Isaiah Pacheco this week, and that's hard for me because I think this Kansas City offense, it might be the worst offense of Pat Mahomes' entire tenure at Kansas City, and that's no fault to Pacheco. I just think the offensive line is really poor. I think there's no one who can make a difference in the passing game, Travis Kelsey included, and I think Pat Mahomes is having a really difficult time getting the ball and running this offense. It's just not flowing the way it should be flowing, and so – They've been resorting a lot to the run. Pacheco's had a really good uh, season so far, but against this Philly team, this Philly team that honestly I think has had a chip on their shoulder since they played on that awful Super Bowl field against Kansas City and could not go anywhere. They were slipping all over the place because the sod of the Super Bowl field was absolutely terrible. I think they're ready to show the world that we should have won that Super Bowl, and I think it happens in this game along that defensive line. Philly has been able to be beaten in the passing game, so maybe Pat Mahomes can get back onto his groove and start throwing the ball deep a little bit. I think they still struggle. I think Philly not only wins this game, I think they win it in a very – and Kansas City doesn't put up a lot of points, and we start to have question marks about who's coming out of the AFC after this weekend, and I am out on Pacheco. Plus, still don't like the workload split that they give him. He should be getting 80% of the workload there, and he doesn't. I'm out on Pacheco. I don't think you can start him this week. I would start somebody else. That's just me, again, playing the bad cop here. Dell, who's the second, uh, third running back you want to talk about? We going sleeper? You already gave us the bust of the week. We have a stash. What are we doing with the running back position? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just going to go to another bust here. Like I talked about, one bust with quarterback. And uh, one guy who's he's really high up there in the rankings, and I, I understand pure talent-wise, he's probably one of the best running backs in the league. Uh but his situation is god awful right now, and that's mm. that's Brees that's Brees Hall with the New York Jets. Uh, wow, I don't under, I don't understand how he's consensus RB six this week. Uh, I mean the Bills, yeah, they have, Bills haven't been great, but I mean it's not like they have a terrible defense either here. So uh, you know they're middle of the pack in terms of opposing uh, uh, defense, the fantasy running backs. But you look at Brees Hall overall and. He just can't get going because teams are loading the box against him. And, and yeah. uh, the Jets are facing lo- loaded fronts at one of the highest rates in the league with Zach Wilson under center over these last two yeah. months. Look at Brees Hall, even in half PPR scoring. You know, you, yeah, okay, he's, he got nine targets in week eight. He's had seven targets combined over the last two weeks. Isn't really making too many big plays out of them. He had a 35-yard catch in week 10. Still was only the RB30 on the week. This team is simply not scoring touchdowns. They've scored a combined 18 points over the last two weeks, you look at since the bye, yes, they won that game in week eight against the Giants where Brees Hall was the RB8 on the mm-hmm. week. But in those three weeks combined, the Jets have not scored more than, what, 13 points in a game? So yeah, it's, ugly. it's just, if you're not going to give me the goal line carries, then how are we going to get there uh, in half PPR scoring? Even in full PPR, you need more targets than what he's been getting. Four targets for 10 yards uh, in, in week nine and then three targets in week 10. It's not enough for me. So I I just think the matchup is too tough. And I'm not saying to bench him, but the fact that he's ranked RB6 in consensus this week, I feel like like RB17 is a pretty solid number, but it's showing me that I'm 11 spots lower than consensus. So I got to mention Brees Hall. Again, like I'd rather rather start uh, Brian Robinson this week. I'd rather start Javante Williams. 
Devin Singletary, the Dolphins backs, all those guys I'm more than comfortably starting over Brees Hall. Well, I think people are remembering the uh, 10 rushes for 127 yards from week one of that Bills game and going, he's going to do it again against a now worse Bills defense. But one of those rushes went for 83 yards. So take the other nine and look at what they did against that Buffalo team. And also since week one, he's only had three games where he scored in half PPR over 10 points in a game. I'm right there with you, Dell. I don't – Love Brees Hall. If he was on my team, I'd be really happy he's on my fantasy team, but I'd be very worried to play him every week. He's like a George Pickens to me. Some weeks he's going to go huge. Some weeks he's going to get a goose egg, and that's not good from the running back position. But speaking of George Pickens, let's move on to the wide receiver position, Dell. There's so many people to talk about. I'm excited to dive in. I have three names here that I have to say. It was tough for me to get guys out of the rankings that I think are going to do better or worse than the people are already thinking. It's really hard for me to pick these guys apart, so I'm interested to see where you're going here. Who's the first wide receiver we're talking about? Yeah, I'm right in line with the top 15. I think I'm no more than two spots higher or lower on any player in the top 15 so far this week. But once you get outside that top 15, that's where things start getting very interesting. And I'm super high on two guys right now. Uh, it's, it's again, it's going back to the same game. We're talking about Arizona and Houston, and I'm more than comfortable Mm. starting both tank Dell and Nico Collins this week. Nico says he's going to play. Now. I think if he plays, I don't think we're really seeing less of a role for tank Dell. I think we're going to see possibly less of a role for either, uh, Robert Woods and or Noah Brown, who's been absolutely going off. It better not be Noah Brown. It like Noah Brown to me, these past two weeks has shown like, Oh, this is a guy that should be playing every snap at a wide receiver position. I love Bobby trees. I really do. I think Robert Woods is a great, great player. I think Noah Brown, you have to play over him. And Nico's the number one in my opinion. So I hope, Robert Woods is the one that sits. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, Nico, Nico's the X receiver. He's the outside go-to guy. But Tank Dell's running routes all over the field. He was the wide receiver number one overall in half PPR scoring in week nine against Tampa. Follows that up with, you know, he was wide receiver 11, which is awesome, right? I've got him as wide receiver 15, six spots ahead of consensus this week. He had 14 targets last week. He's had 25 yeah. targets combined over the last two weeks. C.J. Stroud is a teammate elevator he is a quarterback already in his rookie season that makes his players better same thing that you know i'm gonna make it i'm not saying they're similar quarterbacks but we saw uh uh, how that the uh teammates of matthew stafford have been elevated over the years whether it's cooper cup calvin johnson back in the day i'm i'm feeling very similar fantasy vibes Mm. to cj stroud in this offense and the fact that the texans defense isn't that great it's allowing for these shootouts to happen Week after week, and what do we get this week? We get the perfect matchup here because Arizona's secondary has been seemingly burned by almost every single person they played this year. Uh, you know, last week it, it was just a complete uh, terrible situation with with Taylor Heineke on the other side of things. But I will say that overall, when you're looking at um, when you're looking at this matchup ov- overall here in Week 11, I, I think that Tank Dell is going to continue to get fed with targets. You know, Deshaun Watson, he was able to have a good game against Arizona a few months back. So I love the spot here. I'm comfortably starting Nico Collins and Tintel over most guys I'm going to have on my roster right now. Well, I have a guy that I want to talk about for my wide receiver that's right in between Tank Dell and Nico Collins on those expert consensus rankings. And I can't believe he's up that high because I just don't see how. I, he gets the volumes, he gets the targets, but I don't see how he performs this week. And it's the old man Adam Thielen. If you've drafted Adam Thielen in your fantasy league, you are very happy you did because he's had a great season for what we thought he was going to be coming into this year, especially in that Carolina offense. But against Dallas, yes, 
Carolina yes. should be throwing the ball a lot to try and stay in this game. I just don't see how Adam Thielen is a beneficiary. I think Carolina gets their butts kicked this week, similar to how New York uh, defensive, uh, offensively versus the Cowboys defense got their butts kicked last week. I hope Bryce Young works out. I hope Frank Reich works out. I just don't see it working out right now in week 11. I don't know how you start Adam Thielen. I don't know how. He's the 22nd-ranked wide receiver in those expert consensus rankings. I'm selling hard on the old man that used to play for Minnesota. I'm sorry, but I'm selling him. Look at the last three weeks, Tony. Week eight, this is half PPR scoring, so we're giving him some credit for the volume here. Wide receiver 31 in week eight against a beatable Texas secondary we just talked about. Wide receiver 48 in week nine. Wide receiver 40 in week 10. He's losing you matchups. He's not – yes, he was winning you matchups before that, but teams have kind of gotten on to the fact that, hey, all Bryce Young does is look – he drops back a couple steps – you can't really see much over opposing defenses. The fact he's about five foot seven in high heels, but look, he can't just throw the ball to Adam Thielen 20 times a game anymore. Teams are catching on to that. We've seen a decrease in targets for Thielen over the last month. So I don't know if you can sell. I think you probably could see what you can get for him, but I would try to get rid of Thielen as soon as humanly possible. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm out hard on uh, on old man Thielen, and he's had a great great season, man. I have to say, yeah. he's had a season much better than we thought. You already gave out two wide receivers, so I'll go again. You gave out Tank and Nico, and I'm gonna yeah. go with a guy I've been waiting to, to to turn the light on. A guy I've been waiting to arrive because again, I'm going to my favorite team. I told you. Jordan Love was my quarterback that I'm going to run with. And also, if you need a wide receiver, maybe you need a waiver wire pickup to start over Adam Thielen this week. I believe there is a connection brewing, not with Christian Watson, because, again, he cannot high point a ball to save his life. Romeo Dobbs is awesome, but he just doesn't have the physical abilities to be open consistently on every route. There is a guy on that offense, though, that I think is finally clicking. And it's been so close the past few weeks. There have been passes that have been so close to hitting, especially on deep throws. It's the Hollywood Brown of Green Bay. It's Jaden Reed. And I believe Jaden Reed is going to really shine in this game. I am. I love this kid as a draft pick for my favorite team. And I think fantasy-wise, he's a guy, especially down the stretch here, as we head towards the fantasy playoffs, this is the stash that you should have gotten a few weeks ago. If he's on your waiver wire now, you pick him up. Yes. He is going to win you a few games down the stretch. And it starts this week against the Los Angeles Chargers. I think he eats up the linebackers and safeties that Los Angeles is throwing at him. And I think he has a huge week in Green Bay in Lambeau. The kid's going to arrive. I'm all aboard the Jaden Reed train. Dell, you were clapping there. You agree with that. That's pick. my guy. I mean, we I've talked about him before in this show. As I've talked about him as a sleeper. I've talked about him as a stash. I've written him up in my fan, fantasy favorites weekend yeah. column. He's made my waiver wire column, fantasy follow at postdashgazette.com. He's made that multiple times. He was my cover boy. He made the main picture of the article this past week. So I'm all about some Jaden Reed. Romeo Dobbs, you know, he can be a decent red zone threat every now and again. But Reed is the only one who's actually running routes at a high level. He's got some decent athleticism to his game. 80th percentile, 40-yard dash. Earned He's a lot of tar- people. Yeah, He's he, beaten he, people he, over he, and over again. The, the problem is Love hasn't been able to get him the ball. You know, I, yeah. I think that changes. Well, the, the 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 whole issue with Watson is just that that's they're going to have to start going away from Watson the more and more as these weeks go on because at least Jordan Love can get it to Jaden Reed. Yeah. The one thing the player profile has some good stats on on, uh, on rookies coming out of the drafts and their combine measurables, but Jaden Reed had a breakout age of eighteen point four while at Michigan State, which is a, in a in a Power Five big conference. That's a ninety eighth percentile. So usually when re- receivers put up elite college numbers at a younger age than others, it's often a very good signal for future NFL production. So I think that the fact he's in this slot intermediate type of role, they're also using him down the field. 
it, it's it's only arrows up from here on out. He's by far and away my favorite Packers receiver rest of the season. Let's go. Let's go. Dell, the last wide receiver you yeah. want to talk about, though. What are we doing? Yeah, I'm gonna talk, here? I'm gonna talk about a stash here. I, w- I was gonna talk about stashes, but I brought up handcuffs in my last two articles, and we talked about it the last time we were on here, too. But one wide receiver stash. Now, look, the name is not sexy by any means, but it's a war of attrition when it comes to the Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver room. And mm. they're still not fully trusting Quentin Johnson. I do think if you're in a deeper league, deeper benches, or if you have three wide receiver spots you gotta fill, you're hurting there. Don't be afraid to look towards Jalen Guyton in this Chargers mm. offense. He had six targets last week, ran a season high 85% of the routes, and they're already trusting him as the second receiver on this team. Keenan Allen just got in his first practice of the week here on Thursday. He'd been out, suffered a really gnarly shoulder type of injury they were showing on camera this past weekend. So they're already showing that, look, Palmer's on IR. Gerald Everett's banged up the starting tight end. They don't really trust the backup tight ends on the team. So it can't just be all Austin Eckler getting targets in this game. They're going to use Jalen Guyton. He's been in this offense for multiple years, has the rapport with Justin Herbert, can be used as a deep threat as well, but they used him in some of the slant type of intermediate routes here in week 10. So I I don't think that what he did was a fluke, which is essentially, hey, six targets, 60 plus yards and a touchdown. The touchdown won't always be there, but the big plays actually weren't there in week 10. I think they possibly could be there in week 11. So I've stashed him in a couple leagues because again, if it's Justin Herbert throwing the ball in this offense, the yeah. wide receiver two will hold value no matter who the name is. Yeah. I hear you on that. Let's move on to the tight end position before you give us our defense of the week and the winner, winner, kicker dinner. I'll go first because again, it's another sound. This is a guy that has come on hot and I'm going against the grain against Chris Dale's very picks. I believe you picked a, some type of a Houston Texan or in that matchup every single time here. And I'm going against Dalton Schultz this week. I just think he's ranked too high when it comes to the consensus rankings. I think you can get better players here, especially with that whole entire Houston passing core healthy. I just think Dalton Schultz does not see the workload that he has seen the past few weeks. And against Arizona, who has proven pretty well to cover tight ends uh, on the season so far. And I think it's also a rejuvenated Arizona team with Kyler Murray back. They're not tanking. They don't have that first round pick. They want to win some games here and show some spirit, show some fight. So yeah, I I'm selling Dalton Schultz. I don't think he has a huge workload and I think you can find tight ends better than him for this week alone. Dell, who's your tight end of the week? Well, you know, I love Trey McBride. I, I just want to talk. I, I mean, I'm right in line with the top seven, eight, nine tight ends. I don't think there's really much to talk about here. We know who these guys are. Schultz is on that borderline. You know, I don't know who you're going to, maybe you have an Evan Ingram or Dalton Kincaid. You start over Schultz. I would understand having that as an argument. What I want to say here is in terms of like, if you were to have picked up Trey McBride over these last couple of weeks and you roster one of the elite guys, Sam Laporta, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, even Kelsey, I do think it would be very worth exploring trading away, not McBride, but trading away one of the tight end stars because he's shown that he could enter that territory. And as good as he's been, you're still going to get more in return via trade. If you were to trade away a market, I'm in a dynasty league. I'm in first place. And I have Mark. I traded for Mark Andrews early this year. Now I've got McBride on my bench and I'm asking myself, do I want to trade away McBride and try to get my value back? Or do I want to for sure get an elite star in return? And just trade Mark Andrews away instead. I do think that's a viable option. Yeah, I'm the right same, there with you. In the same vein, we talked about, hey, if you've got C.J. Stroud back in week five or six, you're good for the rest of the year. Trade your other quarterback with a better household name. Yeah. So in lieu of talking about any tight ends this week, I think it's we kind of know who the stars are and stars aren't. That's how I would approach trading 
if I were to get a Taysom Hill on my bench, I'd trade away my other guy because I do think far better days are ahead for Taysom Hill as well than they were. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. Shut up about <laughs> Taysom Hill, Chris Dell. I will say the only, uh, for the Trey McBride trade, the only tight end you are not allowed to trade away is TJ Hawkinson because I've been on him all year long and I've been correct. And now you've seen what Josh Dobbs does. TJ Hawkinson was yeah. walking around like Leo DiCaprio from the Revenant last game and he still put up huge numbers. He's just not, he's an unstoppable force in that offense with that scheme, with that quarterback. Do not trade away TJ Hawkinson. Everyone else, though, I agree with you, Dell. Dell we have the defense of the week who are you going with yeah so i mean there's a there's a couple defenses i really i'm going to try to stick to a defense that again is ranked outside the top 10 consensus and, and it's a defense that uh you know that i've played a decent amount this year and it hasn't necessarily looked great on paper in some of their previous matchup but i do believe the los angeles chargers are a viable defense i talked about that i was praising you for your analysis on jordan love but I do think he's sack prone. He's turnover prone here. And even though the Chargers secondary could give up a lot of yardage here in volume, I do believe that the two stars in this defense, give your boy uh, Joey Bosa here a little bit of credit. He's been playing well. He's healthy now. Khalil Mack can make plays. I just don't if, – if we get into a shootout, sometimes that's what you want in a fantasy DST is to be playing against another team that's going to drop back to pass 40 times a game because that leads to more potential for strip sacks, tip passes, pick sixes, et cetera, et cetera. So I do think the Chargers will give up some points and yards here, but I think the potential for sacks and turnovers is pretty high. And when you look at the Chargers' schedule moving forward, I think this is a defense you want to keep on your bench for the fantasy playoff stretch. They play the Denver Broncos twice during the fantasy playoffs. They also have some pretty appealing matches. I believe they play against the Patriots in the first round of the playoffs. So I think with just those two superstars alone against those opposing quarterbacks, we could be looking at a defense that the floor might not be so great, great compared to other options, but I think the ceiling that could actually be really high. So I'm going to go with the chargers for now. And I'm, I'm going to be stashing them on my bench uh, through the remainder of the fantasy playoffs, as long as I'm alive in those leagues. I hate to say this, but I don't think I could disagree with you more. I think if uh, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack's last names were Smith and Jones, you wouldn't know who they were at this point. And I think the best defensive lineman on the Chargers is a rookie. And that's a good rookie. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's a rookie. I'm really disappointed in the Chargers defense this year. But Dell, the winner, winner, kicker, dinner. Who are we going right, with? We're going to have to revisit that Chargers conversation. Let's see how I do against your boy Jordan Love this week, and we'll talk about that one again. How, yeah, how about gonna, let's go? I've been talking about him so much, you know he's going to stink this week. He's going to throw five picks. You know it's yeah, happening. He'll score five picks and still score 20 fantasy points somehow, but it, it'll happen. <laughs> but no, I, I'm going to – I mean, I, I, I can't stress this enough. Like, you see what the process is in a lot of these games. You want to attack game environments. And if you need a yeah. kicker off waivers, I guarantee you this guy is going to be out there in probably 80% plus of leagues. It's the Houston Texans kicker. It's Matthew Amendola. Look, Kaimi Fairbairn, he's been one of the better fantasy kickers over the last few seasons, regardless of who the quarterback's been in Houston. But he's out now. I believe they just put him on IR, actually, and they yeah. signed Matt Amendola uh, against my Bengals last week. He was three for three on field goals, hit a long of 45, also kicked three extra points, was the kicker eight on the week overall. And, again, you're looking at the highest point total on the slate here. I've got him as my as my kicker six overall. Consensus has him as kicker 14. So I'm, I'm going to ride the Amendola train in Houston going into week 11. Love it. And that is it for week 11 of the Steel Town Sleepers. Again, Tony Cavallo, Chris Dell, brought to you by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, part of the North Shore Drive podcast family and a member of the At PG Sports Now YouTube channel. 
dive on in. We'll be here for the rest of the week. And as Dell said, moving forward, we'll be talking about guys you need to pick up now for those uh, pivotal playoff stretches. Excited for it. And maybe we'll do a week 18 show for my league's uh, championship <laughs> week. Who knows? But that is it for week 11. Let's dive in. Some good games this week, Dell. Can't wait. Let's do it. <laughs>